Greetings, my name is Walford Kaufman. I'm the pastor of Southside Baptist Church in Gaffney, South Carolina. Welcome to our online Bible study as we've been working through the book of Romans. And so go ahead and get your Bibles ready and get a little notepad if you don't mind. We're going to be looking at Romans the 11th chapter. Romans the 11th chapter. So what we're going to be talking about in this particular study is the remnant of Israel. I always think of uh, remnant. I think of Dolly Parton and uh, and that coat of many colors and all this. I think they had a fancier name for it. But I always think of remnant being pieces that were about ready to be thrown away. How they can still be used for God's glory. And I don't know about you, but that gives me hope because even though I'm quote a minister and a follower of Jesus Christ, I fail. I fail many times. I try to do the best, and sometimes it's within my own power I'm trying. And of course, I'm going to fall flat on my face every time when I do that. But even as a follower of Christ and trying to be obedient, there's some things that disappoint me. Can you imagine what it does to our Father in heaven? And so I'm so glad a message like this that teach us, no matter where you may fall, where you may fail, where you may stumble, that God can still use you when you turn yourself back over to Him. Let's pray as we begin this study. Father, Your precious Word teaches us, but not only teaches us, it encourages us each and every day. And Lord, we want to learn from this. Uh, it could be a study, a history of talking about the Jews and the way they were rejected and all, but it also can be right now where we live. And Lord, teach us for this day, this moment, this time, in Jesus' name, amen. So if you've got your Bibles, let's look at this. Romans 11th chapter, starting at verse 1. I ask then, did God reject His people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject His people whom He foreknew. Don't you know what Scripture says in this passage about Elijah? How he appealed to God against Israel. Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If, if it were grace would no longer be grace. Oh, that message of grace, and it's not by our works. But what we have here is once again Paul with that ongoing imaginary debate. It's a part of his illustrating, getting the message across here. And so he asked, uh, I asked then, did, I, did God reject his people? Uh, but this was nothing new. Paul is using that Jewish background of his, writing to Jewish people. And so what he makes that connection point there is the Old Testament writings there. And so this idea of God rejecting people was nothing new at all. And so what does he pull out? He pulls out Elijah. Back there in 1 Kings, uh, there was this debate going on with Elijah. Uh, he even thought he was the only one left serving God. Uh, he had been through that trouble with the Baal worshipers and an evil uh, uh, queen and all that's going on. And he says, I'm the only one. And God says, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait right here. I want you to be reminded of some. 
And what was God's answer? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who had not bowed their knee to Baal. 7,000 who had not worshipped this false god. And so we know that the prophets, and now Paul, as he's getting this message across there to the uh, Jewish believers, uh, Jewish people you wanted to reach, and also the Gentiles there in Rome. Uh, there has never been a time when the whole nation was true to God. That the whole nation was true to God. But here is how God works. There will always be those. And sometimes it's a small crowd. Sometimes it's a medium-sized crowd. Sometimes it may be a very large crowd. But never have you seen in the Old Testament, in God's working, what we have recorded here, that the 100%, 100% were loyal to God. Lo loyal to God who will never compromise their faith. Um, so think about it. Uh, I, I know of a, a great man of God and all, but I had a little disagreement with him. Uh, he had this idea that a church should never move ahead unless it had 100% vote. 100% people behind it. I think his idea was if you didn't get it, then you need to go back and work through the process and, uh, and, and, and make sure everybody's on the same page and all the information shared. I understand that. But you know that even in the church, even in church membership, there are folks that are disobedient to God. Is that a surprise to you? There are people within the church, within denominations, that sometimes are still disobedient to God. But there will always be those. It may be small, it may be uh, just an average size group. There will be some who will be loyal to God, who will never compromise their faith. And so uh, think about the remnant. I mean, we see Amos and Micah and Zephaniah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And this one that Paul especially pulls out, Elijah, excuse me, uh, this uh, thought in Isaiah. He did pull out Elijah in the scripture here. But another one I was thinking of was Isaiah. Isaiah had that remnant too. He had that, that thought, even to the point that he called his son Sheer Jeshub. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that southern uh, Israel or northern Israel. Just a joke there, folks. But I don't know if exactly Sheer Jeshub. You know what that means? The salvation of the remnant. Here is Paul talking about Elijah, but also in the book of Isaiah. He even uh, he calls his son this uh, salvation of the remnant. Uh, Barclay, in that great uh, daily Bible study series that he has, uh, talks about great truths uh, were being made known in this particular time of Paul's writing this. As Paul was writing this to the Jewish uh, believers there in Rome. Uh, he is getting this message to them and to us today. No church, no nation is saved in a mass, you know, in a total group all together. That, that is why we need to be very careful, folks. Very careful when we start thinking we are the chosen people. You've heard that before. Chosen people. The Jewish people are the chosen people. No, the believers in the Jewish race are the chosen people. Just because, now they have a chance. They have an opportunity. 
just like we in America today. But don't group us all together. I know there's some people think we're the chosen church. Well, I've seen a lot of chosen churches that's had to close their doors. You know, what about a chosen denomination? Well, our denomination is leading in baptism, leading in uh, membership. We have the largest numbers. Be very careful. It's not a chosen church. It's not a chosen nation. And it's sure, uh, I mean, it is not a chosen nation. And so we think about chosen church, chosen denomination, chosen nation. No, those things will not happen. It's, we need to be reminded. It's our personal relationship with Jesus Christ that makes the difference. It's that individual relationship. Uh, see, you and I must make that personal decision. I want you to be saved. Your parents probably want you to be saved. All these folks, you know, your, your sons, your daughters want you to be saved. But you have to make that decision. Uh, you know, um, we need to surrender personally. It's our own heart. It's our own mind. It's our own life that we need to turn it over to the Lord. You may have the best parents could be, great-grandparents. Uh, I've, I've talked to so many folks that their, their grandparents used to clean the church. And boy, they were there, the doors were open, every time doors were open. And so, you know, these people now who are grown up say, oh, I grew up in the church. Well, guess what? That doesn't mean nothing. It's that personal relationship where you invite Jesus into your heart. You know, that's why we need to be careful when we say, God bless America. Now, that sounds so great, isn't it? Now, I have to be careful. I'm on the church sign right now, I've got only one nation under God. And there's probably some people saying, which God? You know, think about it. Which God? We know there's only one Lord, only one Savior, only one way to heaven. And so we need to be very, very careful there. So... Uh, when we say God bless America, do we want God to bless everything that's going on in America today? Huh? I'm sorry. Don't hear you. Do you want God to bless everything that's going on in America today? Think of all the sins. I don't have enough paper to write down all the sins that's going on in this world today. All the perversion that's going on today. All the spiritual laziness that's going on today. Do we want God to bless that? Should we say God bless the remnant? The remnant in America. See, we want to ask God to bless those who are faithful. We want to ask God to bless those who are obedient who are walking, men, women, boys, and girls, who are walking in the way of the Lord. Now, I'm going I'm to say God bless our military and God bless our law enforcement. But you know what? I want those in the military to be obedient to the Lord. I want those in law enforcement, all those in 911 related type uh, emergency response groups, I want them to be watched over and protected. But God bless everybody, group them together. No, we want God to bless those who are obedient. That's what Paul is teaching here. Um, Paul reminds the reader that he's a Jew. He said, I'm an Israelite by myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. He's put the facts out there. I am a Jew, but I'm not blessed just because I'm a Jew. 
I'm blessed because I'm a follower of Christ. That's what Paul is saying there. And so all this is going on. The faithful remnant. You know who the faithful remnant is here? Is those true Jews who believe in Jesus Christ. That is that remnant. That is that group that needs to be blessed. But then look at verse 7. A little change here. Oh, what then? Uh, what the people of Israel sought so earnestly they did not obtain. The elect among them did, but the others were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see, and ears that could not hear to this very day. And David says, And may their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. May their eyes be hardened so they cannot see, and their backs be bent forever. All this is going on. So what's going on? So what about those who are not faithful Jews? I mean, that's the question. And that's an Old Testament question also. As an Old Testament, what about the people of Israel who uh, did not seek the Lord? Did not seek the Lord? It's a terrible thought, but the question was asked. And so we see they pulling out, Paul's pulling out the Old Testament. Deut Deuteronomy 29 verse 4 and Isaiah 29 verse 10. That's what's in verse uh, 8 there. Uh, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not hear, and ears that could not hear to this very day. Once again, Paul is pulling out the Old Testament. What the Jewish people said they believe is written back then, and it pulls this out. God gave them a spirit of stupor. And so all that is going on there. And then verse 9 and 10 this is from Psalm 69, verses 22 and 23. Look at that. And David said, May their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block, a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and their backs be bent forever. Here is the idea that is in this scripture. The people, the people of Israel, people of the church today, people of our world today, think about this, uh, that is this happening to them? Did God give them uh, a spirit of stupor? You know what that is? A drowsy, drowsy sleep. Have you ever had one of those meals? Hmm? Had one on Father's Day. You know, went and had Chinese buffet for Father's Day. That's got to be a little ongoing thing for us. And you know, there's something about that Chinese food. Boy, I had the hardest time driving home, keeping my eyes open, I mean, it was hard. Have you ever got so sleepy, you cannot, you can't concentrate? Your eyes, your ears, you don't hear. It's almost like you are a zombie. You just go through the motions. And then when you finally hit that bed, you're out of it. Is this what's happened today? And that we're not hearing the Word of God? We're not obedient to Him? We're just in this stupor. And then the idea of sitting at the table. Now remember, they're sitting at the table. It's not like this idea of sitting at a table. It's a totally, it's that laying back, you know, uh, those pillows up under, you're stretched out, and that's the table. I mean, lo and behold, can you imagine trying to eat a meal like that in this day and time? Most of us wouldn't even get through the first two bites and we'd be gone. But sitting at the table, 
And so laid back, resting, you know, they, when they ate a meal, they took a long time. You know, most of us, we sit down, eat, and boom, we're gone. Not them. They sat around and talked and laughed and go many hours. See, they didn't have to worry about getting to the TV set. They didn't have to worry about looking at the Internet. I mean, they were, psh, that was it. And so they're so comfortable, too comfortable, too comfortable. They don't see the danger that's approaching them. They could not hear the danger. They could, they could have had all kind of alarms around, of course, in that day. Their alarms, well, some of the best could be, was dogs that would be barking as strangers were approaching. But see, they're so laid back, so much in rest, uh, so just having it easy. They don't even know the danger is near. And so, see, it, they're so comfortable. And so they don't realize that the, the enemy could walk right in upon them. Right in upon them. The Jews were like that. I want to ask you, what about us today? I wrote the word Bible Belt down. Do we even know what a Bible Belt is nowadays? If our Bible Belt uh, is still there, I think it's been <laughs> stretched up and hung up. We're not being, you know, believers. What about the church of today? What about those who are Christian families today? What's going on? Are we so comfortable that we've even come up with the idea? And don't tell me this is not in people's thoughts. It, it started with little things with, uh, what was it, little cartoons? I don't call it a cartoon, but a children's music, uh, movie about all, go, all dogs go to heaven. Well, all dogs go to heaven. Now we got basically all people going to heaven, right? Every God, God is a God of love. Yes, He is a God of love, but He's a God of purity also. He's a God who will do what is right. And so we think about that. Um, we are God's chosen people. We live in America. God bless America. We salute the flag means we're going to heaven. No, there's going to be a lot of folks that salute the flag of the United States of America that would spend eternity in hell. All this going on. So there has been some questions, though, uh, concerning a particular word. In the NIV, it says, may their eyes be darkened. That's in verse 10. Now, in some translations, it has the word blinded. Now, the word, the Greek word is parousa. Uh, parousis, excuse me, parousis. And that's a Greek word. And they said that word be translated actually means uh, to harden. So, I mean, I've got here uh, to be darkened. Some say blinded. Some says be hardened or a callous and all. Well, I've come up with a way to think about this. Blinded, darkened, hardened. Sounds like cataracts, doesn't it? have a lady in the church that's getting cataract surgery today and all this. What happened? That lens in her eye, over time, becomes calloused, becomes hardened. It affects the vision. I had cataract surgery a couple years ago and all this. And you know, when I finished that cataract, I could not believe how things looked. I didn't realize it. I did not realize, I mean, yes, you could tell there was leaves on the trees. I mean, I knew there were leaves, but to tell the individual, no. It, over time, 
I had become blinded in that way. Yes, I could see certain things, a lot of things, but I missed out on so much. Is this what's happening in our hearts today? Is this what's happening today? Uh, and so, have we become blinded to what God has for us? Is God allowing this? Yes. Is God doing this to us? Yes, He can do that. But we have an opportunity to see the light, and that is confessing our sins, inviting Jesus into our heart. But you know, there's another thing I thought about, and I've seen several homes, and you have too. Have you ever driven by somebody's home? And you cannot believe it. Their front yard is crowded with all kind of, I could say stuff, but most likely it's junk. I mean, there, I mean, there's no car over here. There's no, you know, the lawnmower broke down over here. We're going to get it fixed one of these days. All this stuff. And then you look up on a porch. If they got one of those porches that you used to could sit on, but it is so crowded with stuff, junk, you can't even rock on that porch in a rocking chair, or you can't even walk on it. You can barely get to the door. And then you walk in the house, and it's, I mean, there's TV shows about folks hoarding like this. But you walk in, and you know what? The people who live there don't even notice it. They don't even notice all this is going on. They become insensitive to it. Now, for you, you're freaking out. You're scared a mouse is going to run out from up under that, and there's, a, there's some gnats over here at the sink, and, and, all, and I mean, because you are alert to what's going on. Here's what I want to ask you. Have we in America, have we in the church, have we as individuals become so insensitive to sin? We've let sin come and take over our front yard. We've let sin come in and take over our front porch. We've let sin come in and take over our house. In other words, have we let sin come in and take over our lives? Can this happen to our hearts? Becoming sensitive? You know, I've asked two questions. Have we let our hearts become callous? Have we become insensitive in such a way? And all this, can this happen to our hearts? Can it happen to our church? Can it happen to our nation? Yes. But we have hope. We have hope today in Jesus Christ. Now in verse 10, that last part it said, And their backs be bent forever. That means, folks, when you are insensitive, when you become callous, you are going to be, you're going to be hurting. You're going to be paying a price. You're going to feel this pain for the rest of your life. But there's hope. You know, it is terrible what these Jews did, being blinded, insensitive to the message of Jesus Christ. But because of what they rejected, the Gentiles accepted now, did all the Gentiles get saved? No. But there were those who came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so we can rejoice in that today. We can rejoice that there's always hope. We can turn to Him. The Gentiles were blessed because of the Jewish rejection. We can be blessed today when we turn our lives, confess our sins, invite Jesus into our heart. So we're going to just carry... 
through these 10 verses today in this particular study. There's a lot in those 10 verses. But I want you, uh, I'm recording this the week before uh, July the uh, 4th. That's right, July the 4th is coming up in just a few days. If you're in America, and but whatever country you may be in watching this, listening to this, I want you today to pray for your country. I want you to pray that God will bless the remnant in your country. But I, pr I want you to pray that that remnant will grow and grow and grow. And that means maybe you starting out witnessing and sharing with others. So today, think of this. God always uses the remnant. And that's you and that's me. He can use us. He, doesn't th he hasn't thrown us away. He can still use us today. Pray for your country. Pray for your church. Pray for your family. And pray that God will use you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You haven't tossed us away yet. You're still giving us an opportunity. Let us be obedient today. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, bless you, and we'll see you very soon.